This is the second, third episode of our run of Cowboy Bebop. So we're doing episodes seven, eight, and nine. With me for the duration, Jake Flores. Hello. Uh, this is a weird. This, it, it, the recording process on this is weird because normally me and whoever's on, we're kind of doing one episode a week, and we're mostly just sort of taking our time and watching them. But Jake's only in town for like seven days or whatever. Yeah. So we are marathon recording sessioning these episodes. Right. So the, f- the first ten minutes of WTF here is going to be very confusing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can't be like, oh, what have you been up nothing to lately? L- literally nothing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. literally waiting for you to copy the file to your hard drive so we can re-record the next uh, episode. Yeah. Um... That being said, it is also wait, wait. changing. We're re-recording. No, 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 no. We're not re-recording. Oh, I got anything. you. I got you. Uh, it's changing the way I watch these episodes as well, right? Because normally, like, I got a week to sort of digest. We'll watch. It takes some time. I'm watching six to nine episodes of the show a day <laughs> trying to get ready and it's super uh, weird and dense so it's just like yeah it's fucking with my head a little bit like you're gonna have i'm bebopping and scatting everywhere i walk around <laughs> which is ridiculous everywhere i go has some weird fucking <laughs> screeching clarinet noise in the background <laughs> yeah. of my head you're gonna have uh, bebop nightmares at the end <laughs> of this. man i used to have I used to play so much Tetris, <laughs> Tetris Worlds on the original Xbox. I would yeah. get stoned and play Tetris Worlds for hours. Yeah, and it was that game was weird because like if you kept hitting the spin button when it got to the bottom, it would just keep spinning and not drop until you could kind of slide it over and get it. In. So you yeah, could yeah. play three hour games of fucking Tetris on that thing yeah. easily. Uh, I would just close my eyes and see Tetris pieces falling like all <laughs> it was. It was too much. It was like some sort of weird LSD experiment that the government used to do to soldiers. Yeah. I, I had a Facebook dream the other night, which is pretty depressing. That's not great. Yeah. It was a <laughs> bummer. Um, also, this is a kind of interesting story. Um, you, you ever have like uh, stand-up stress dreams? Sure. Like, uh, it's a common thing among comics is like every once in a while you'll have like the, the fucking uh, I showed up for school without my clothes on dream, but right. it's, you're doing a set and you can't remember your jokes. Right. And then like uh, you kind of bomb in a dream. I've been having that. I've been doing stand up for like almost 10 years now. I've, been doing, I've had that dream so many times that this year I started to get good in the dream. <laughs> <laughs> like, the audience in the dream world is starting to go like, I don't know what to make of that. It's very confusing. That's like a confidence dream. That's saying <laughs> that you have like, you're now confident in your ability on stage to sort of be in the moment. That's a good thing. Yeah, but they're it's all, weird. you know, dream with weird, yeah, yeah. you know, animals and shit. They don't make any sense. <laughs> cool horse head, by the way. What is that? <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's a giant white ceramic horse head. Cool horse head, Ahmed. It exists solely for me to kick when I'm <laughs> drunk and not looking where I'm going. That's the whole reason it's there. All right. Um, speaking of weird animals and things that don't make a lot of sense, Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> 
Um, And not that it doesn't make sense. I'm starting to get more... My brain was never really trained. It's crazy because I watch so much shit. But I'm bad at picking out references. Really? As a rule, like I noticed from doing this podcast that you like you get the plots way better than me. Yeah, and yeah I'm yeah. getting all this weird thematic shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I'm starting to get more the yeah themes they go right over my dumb dumb head. Uh, but now I'm like watching with a more purposeful eye for that sort of shit. Yeah, uh, and I'm starting to pick up on some weird stuff. For instance, so we're starting with episode uh, session seven, Heavy Metal Queen. Get it right. I apologize. <laughs> um, some nerds out there. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. It's sessions! <laughs> Ma! <laughs> I want more granola bars! Um, that's God. the nerd yelling from their basement. Yeah, um, want more granola bars. <laughs> chocolate chip granola bars. Yeah. I had, there was a guy I worked with who was like, man, if you're ever like hungry, and he's like, he's eating this granola bar. He's like, these are like super healthy, like kind of meal replacement granola bars where they're like, <laughs> all fucking like high protein nuts and beans or whatever the fuck yeah. and I was like where's the little marshmallows because I honestly have never had a granola bar that didn't have like little marshmallows or chocolate chips or something granola bars were created because people used to forage for granola and marshmallows and yeah yeah put, yeah pick the marshmallows off the marshmallow plant <laughs> that's how you survive in nature uh, so session seven First off, it starts with heavy metal music, uh-huh. which might be one of the first instances of actually like just rock and roll being in this show. Right, yeah. Uh, and it's weird, and it's definitely like that sort of the metal I imagine Japanese people liking, which is like, <laughs> yeah. like kind of operatic. It's not like Slayer, you know what I mean? Right, it's, it's not like... like uh, it's like Dragon Force or whatever uh-huh. the fuck that band it's, was. Uh, you know? It's less like sludgy and distorty, and it's all... <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and some like like high voice like oh, 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 yeah, singing, you know what like I mean? Like maiden and that sort of stuff. Yeah, almost. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and it's funny because I noticed a couple of different like that happens. There's a surf rock bit of music that happens during one of that uh-huh. cha- like one of the early fight sequences, and then there's like a straight up fucking ska song <laughs> later on in like the fucking chase through the the mine or whatever yeah i don't know what to make of that it's weird because i'm listening i'm looking for these sort of musical cues that i've been trained by this show to look for yeah and then they just completely get rid of them in this episode for some reason <laughs> yeah uh so the thing about this episode uh homage wise is that uh really can i point out a couple go, go crazy yeah uh one uh Sorcerer, huh? the movie. There's a movie called Sorcerer oh, from cool. the from the late '80s, early '80s, maybe late yeah. '70s, early '80s. It's a remake of a another movie called like The Wages of Fear, uh-huh. uh, which is about these people from a mine that are transporting this truck of explosives through like da- like dangerous oh that's like spot on, jungle man. fucking things. But it's more about like be like they're driving and they're tense about the fucking bombs going off the whole time so if they hit a weird like fucking bump something's gonna explode yeah and, like that that sequence where they're like trying to move the explosive with that pinch thing yeah very much felt like that movie though. cool i didn't know i've never seen that um there is a uh and i think this kind of plays into what they're doing like genre wise here this is one's a little campy sure. there's a terrible fucking movie called space truckers that's like <laughs> like it's a thing people know no, that as a bad rotten tomatoes right, right, movie right. or whatever and i think they're playing off that here sure there's also some characters some truckers in this episode that are named uh after um 
people in a C.W. Wilson song called Convoy that then got <laughs> I know Convoy. Out. We yeah. got a great big Convoy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's a movie, Convoy, that's right. named after that song. Sure. So well, was, I would imagine the song's like maybe for the movie. Uh, Does it matter? I don't know if it I matters. Think no, there's a, the film's based on the based song. Based on the song? Yeah. That's the dumbest thing. God damn, the 70s were fucking dumb. Yeah. We're just like, we'll just make, oh, that song's a hit. Let's give it a TV show. Yeah. Um, and there's also... That's like a novelty song. That's the thing they don't do anymore. It's like just novelty songs that become hits. Mm-hmm. There was that one. There was the... Uh, there was a commercial that Ted Knight was in for like shaving cream or something where he would go, hi, guy. And that, that was like the bit in the commercial. That became a song that then became a hit. Like the fucking 70s are just weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fuck, let me look this up. I didn't write it down, but there's also a really, really weird connection here. Can we also address why Decker, the bad guy, looks exactly like Woody Allen? <laughs> Is there any reason for that? I don't think there's any reason other okay, than Okay, because he looks exactly like Woody Allen with a bad tattoo. Yeah, well, it is. It's based on Woody Allen because he's in a diner called Woody's and like. Uh, uh, and I, think he's, I think it was mainly just a joke because they, they're, they're, they're trying to find this guy, Decker, and then they right. accidentally go after this big tough guy who has an eel tattoo because Decker's supposed to have an eel tattoo. Right. And, well, Decker is supposed to have a dragon tattoo. Right, right. And they think what's popping out of his chest on the big guy is a dragon tattoo, but it turns out to be a. He's like, I really like eels. And it, there's like it, a little girl cartoon eel on his chest. I think it's like a weird porny Japanese thing. Probably. They have all that eel porn. Um. <laughs> I like how that's a, like you can just say that and then we just agree and move on. It's, that's just a known fact that the Japanese have weird eel porn. Yeah. Okay, so here's what I was, I was just trying to find. The song Space Truckin' is from Deep Purple's Machine Head album. Okay. Um, and that album, uh, they uh, toured really hard and they had this huge show in Tokyo that they made a live album out of. And, uh, and then they they called the album uh, Made in Japan, like, because the joke back then yeah, was that yeah. something's Everything's big in made, Japan, yeah, it yeah, sucks yeah. or something. Right. Um, but apparently, uh, yeah, that that's just, like, where they, they connected all these dots from. Right. And uh, this song about space trucking was huge in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking Japanese are weird. Can I also add another lookalike, VT? So the premise here is that they're on this island to... Uh, to track down this Decker guy for a bounty, uh, they run into this woman or this this woman VT who's a space trucker, and uh, she's kind of gets in this fight. Spike helps only because the guy made him spill his egg. Like Spike's all hungover when the episode starts, yeah, and he yeah. wants to get a, a prairie oyster. I like how he's hungover. He's got some weird rando bitch with him, and like uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just, just doesn't tell you what happened. No, no like, need. He just got wasted on this planet or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and like while VT is fighting to like protect this waitress who these guys are playing grab ass with, she fucking because there's all these bounty hunters looking for Decker. They're all in the same place. Yeah. Uh, Spike stands up to help because he's like not because he's a gentleman. Spike's a dick. And I've, more of watching these episodes, like I like Spike, and they're they're like this is sort of a humanizing episode for him, but he's still a dick. Uh, yeah. He stands up to help because the guy bumped into him and made him spill his egg. 
<laughs> he made him drop his egg yolk, so he stands up to help them in the fight. That's the only thing he gives a fuck about. Yeah, well, he's so hungover. <laughs> uh, uh, he's also, but yeah, this is a show about like Han Solo, not Luke Skywalker. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. So yeah, he's a dick. He's a fucking. Uh, you almost like it, the moral ambiguity is a huge thing. Where you're like, I guess I like these people. You know? Yeah, I'm starting to like them less and less. <laughs> Faye, in particular, Faye in the uh, over the course of these couple episodes, really shows herself to be just a terrible bounty hunter. <laughs> Her. <laughs> whole method is like see someone you think it is and shove a gun in their face (laughs) there's no like looking or like like hiding and getting information she sits in that fucking place until she sees a guy who might have a dragon tattoo and she immediately shoves a gun in in his face (laughs) there's no subtlety at all um okay so he meets uh vt in that in that way when he they get into he defends her in the bar yeah um, the bar is a hangout for bounty hunters. For bounty hunters and truckers. Yeah, which is weird that she's like a regular there because she hates bounty hunters. She hates bounty she hunters. This whole thing, or she's, when she finds out. So they're talking, and uh, he gets a phone call. Oh, he's got a speakerphone on in his pocket from Jet, and he's like, "Hey, I found a bounty." And then she was, uh, she had offered to pay for his tab, but then she takes it back. So she's like, "Oh fuck, you're a bounty hunter." Right. Um, I will say this uh, about uh, VT. She's got a cool cat. Her cat is named Zeros, which I think is cool. Sure. It's like stacking money, making Zeros. <laughs> and, uh, I think one of my favorite things about this episode is how they animate that cat floating around in zero gravity. <laughs> it's, it's really cute and like natural and like... Uh, there's this thing about this show where they don't shove the sci-fi on you. They just created it. They just show it in a, like, this is like a real reality or whatever. Right. It looks like, you know, when we get to zero gravity, there are going to be cats that float around. That's how cats float. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would just get used to it the same way they get used to, you know, your couch or whatever, you know. I'll also say this about VT. One, she looks like Glenn Close from The Shield. Secondly, (laughs) uh, it's interesting that there, there haven't been a ton of female characters, and the female characters in this show are either, like, super beautiful. There's Faye, who's, like, just tits and ass, and, like, right. then also, like, you know, shooting people and kicking people's ass. But there's a thing in anime, in, in, from what I, the little bit of anime that I've seen where the women are just, just over-sexualized sure. no, creatures. it's totally a thing. And she is not that. Yeah. She's very much the opposite of that, while also not being, like, just an ugly mess. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. very often, if they're not that, they're just some like fat old woman or right. whatever. Yeah, yeah. She's just like this sort of badass chick. She's not. There's no like hints of lesbianism, I kind which of, they do on this show. Like they, they, they she like uh, there's gayness in this show like yeah. openly. They could have made her lesbian. She's not. She's had a husband. Like you hear her backstory. She was married. He died. Right. I kind of thought she was like a butch lesbian when I first watched it, and then yeah. you get to her husband. I'm like, oh, okay, she's just old. You just don't. Old people just don't get represented and shit. Right. Ugly people really. Just normal looking people. Yeah. She's just a dude. Like she's just a person, not a dude. She's just a person, and she's treated as such. She can kick ass, but she's also not like. You know what I mean? Like, she's just yeah. played very naturally, and I think it's interesting. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, that being said, all of the other truckers are just the biggest. <laughs> like, why are hillbillies still the only people that truck even in the future? In space. Why are there space hillbillies? Every one of them is like, dang on, you don't gonna run into somebody bad? Like, they're just this ridiculous hillbilly voice. Because she goes out, and like, they still communicate through like CB radios yeah. with their weird trucker lingo and shit. It's a it's a it's an interesting mix that like no, other than the truck, 
the space, like the trucking community, hasn't really changed at all. <laughs> it's still truckers exactly how they are now. They're just flying. Yeah, I noticed when they when she's talking to one of the truckers. There's this weird poster. This is just English translation shit. I'm sure of just a girl. You know, he's got like a pinup on his, uh, you know, in the back of his wall or whatever. It just says coffee girl <laughs> okay what <laughs> uh, also when they're in the bar the gin that they're drinking is boof eaters <laughs> and it's got like the beef eater guy or whatever on it but it's boof eaters oh my god i didn't notice it <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. that's hilarious that really made me laugh oh the other thing about vt is she has this running game she's been playing the whole show and presumably for a long time where uh, her, her initials are vt and people try to guess her name which is Sympathy for the Devil reference. Right. Um, and uh, those three guys show up. The three guys. The three old guys from yeah. the fucking first episode. The three recurring idiots show up and they're like, they pull all his money together and they're like, all right, is it Adrian? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> she's like, are you sure you want that to be your, your final fun- guess? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My initials are VT and they're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that they're recurring characters, by the way. Yeah. Uh, which means partially one, they keep coming back because those guys aren't moving, so they yeah. kind of keep coming back to Tijuana, I guess. No, I don't think so. So just, those people, those three old guys, are planet hopping. Yeah, I think they're just like <laughs> hobos or something. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. Just riding the space rails, but they're, <laughs> <laughs> they're uh, no. They, they, I'm pretty sure that they end up on other places because I don't think this is Tijuana. I think this right. is supposed to be on Mars. They go to Mars a lot. Yeah, yeah. Mars they, is supposed to be like the central like planet of the galaxy right. in this whole world. It's like cool and kind of like profit, like more pro- yeah. prosperous. Yeah. The uh, people from the first episode, the desperate We're trying to get like, to... They to have Mars. everything on Mars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So they get to that diner. They uh, She fucking puts a gun on the wrong guy's face. Woody Allen... Sneaks Downey, out. He yeah, fucking yeah. starts running away. And that's where the whole chase kicks in, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, Woody, so Woody Allen has this truck. And unbeknownst to everybody at first, he is uh, flying uh, these very unstable explosives. Uh, he uses them to blow up fucking phase ship or at least damage it. And the guys that they beat up, that Spike and VT beat up, trash uh, Spike's ship. So right. they, neither of them can fly. They go, they both get a ride on VT's truck. Right, right, right. Uh, and uh, or VT cranks some more metal. VT's always cranking metal, and it's like an intro. It's like okay, fine. Like that's her character likes metal. She even at one point goes, "It's called heavy metal, by the way." <laughs> like this is a fucking as if they've never heard of it. Yeah. Um, well, I think it was kind of funny is they kind of seem like they haven't. They're like, what is this? <laughs> They're just that's... jazz weirdos from <laughs> yeah, a different yeah, part yeah. of space. Um. But then she does it again in the worst possible. So, so they ch- end up chasing VT or chasing Decker, uh, or VT ends up chasing Decker into this old mine. Right, that's yeah. like a mine sat back, like moon that has all these tunnels. So I was reading some shit about the show online, and somebody said that it's uh, that it uh, was that this mine was apparently designed by video game level designers <laughs> because like there's just explosions that go off every twenty seconds and like <laughs> weird tunnels that don't make any sense. Yeah. Um, so she chases them in, uh, Decker into there and ends up getting trapped. Now, Decker dies, like, immediately. Yeah, Decker yeah. dies in a, them trying to get through this mine. He doesn't make it. He dies. She gets trapped. Right, and that's another case of, like, missed bounty. Yeah, another one right out the fucking window. That's a, I, they, we'll see it in the next episode. I think the next episode opens with a reference to them 
getting their well, they open the next episode yeah, by then, getting their first fucking bounty right. eight episodes in yeah, I don't yeah. know how they're eating yeah. um, so that's where Spike comes to save the day they need to use the explosives from Decker's ship to like blow their way out of this mine because right. like, there's a mine cave in yeah which and uh her uh, what's her name ship that's been fixed face ship has these pinchers that she's going to use to move the explosives out which and she's like i'm real nervous this is like if i touch this it goes bad it's going to explode so i gotta really calm myself down which is when fucking vt cranks the metal in her face (laughs) and was like yeah fucking calm down to this shit (laughs) hey bitch you (laughs) want to knock that off (laughs) she even says like oh it's no big deal you fuck it up we all die yeah so maybe shut up yeah and she, because she had said at one point in the episode, she's like, it's actually very soothing. VT finds the heavy right, metal right. soothing. Well, Faye doesn't. Right. And she's moving the fucking explosive. Yeah, and you're going to die if she fucks it up. Yeah. I thought um, that was funny. Just, it made me laugh, but it's like <laughs> VT's kind of a dick, too. Yeah. Uh, and this is where Spike does his floating trick. That's the thing I had mixed up with the other one, which I wanted to say is like, it's a really cool scene, like, just story wise. I don't think the science checks out on that at all. The science that you can put earplugs in, close your like close your eyes, and then float off into space. <laughs> yeah, and just and be fine just if you hold your breath. Not even from science, just from having watched Event Horizon. I know <laughs> that you're supposed to. You're not supposed to take a big breath. You're supposed to exhale all your breath, right? Right. Of, uh, air pressure or something. Some sort of Bill Nye explanation of why that would be a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Spite, then, yeah, we need Neil deGrasse Tyson to watch <laughs> to be furious. Cowboy they just get mad as shit at yeah. this show. I like Neil, but god damn it, can't we just enjoy fiction? I know, he, he just all the time he's, he's pissy on Twitter about But like, that's but you know what though? That just proves what a fucking nerd he is. Yeah, and like yeah, and not yeah. it shouldn't say that in the meanest way, but like, yeah, I like Neil deGrasse Tyson because he's a nerd, but that is a double edged fucking lightsaber because yeah, yeah, the yeah. other side nice. of being a the other side of being a nerd double edged lightsaber is pretty nice. solid. Yeah. Is a uh, is bitching about, like, <laughs> oh, the science and gravity isn't accurate. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm watching Sandra Bullock float around in space. You know who's, what's also not accurate? Sandra Bullock is a goddamn astronaut. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, he, uh, he tries to jump to get onto VT's ship. He has to escape his ship. He's going he's gonna, to, he programs his ship to shoot forward into the, like, rubble that they're going to explode. Uh, Faye is supposed to drop the explosive into the ru- into the ship right before it shoots forward, yeah. and then that's going to blow a, a trip a thing for them for safety. They keep adding like the stakes keep really increasing every yeah. time. First, they're going to catch the bad guy. Well, then they can't catch the bad guy, but they're trapped. They need to get out of here. Well, there's a lot of explosives. Not only are there explosives, but the the re- nuclear reactors on the mines on the mine that they're in are breaking down and exploding randomly. Right, right, like right. there's just nonstop stakes, 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 yeah. stakes, stakes. The video game stuff for sure. And that's that's where Spike has to sh- jump from his ship to VT's ship by he, putting earplugs in right. <laughs> that you buy at the bar because the band's too loud. Yeah. They're just like little dollar earplugs. Uh, in space. And then he uh, he misses. And so to correct and shoot himself back into the direction of the ship, he shoots his gun, which I also don't think would work in space because there's no oxygen. The gun would work in space because the bullet is a enclosed system. The oxygen needed for the oh, fire is already inside okay. the bullet, right? right? So a gun would work. What wouldn't work is there's not nearly enough energy created by that bullet to send you flying backwards. Right. Mythbusters, I believe, already did this. <laughs> like, uh, but he, does, yeah, he uses the gun to propel himself back towards the ship because yeah. he oh, bounces off, causes an explosion. Um, I, I like this episode. There's no fighting. Well, there's a little bit of fighting in the beginning, but there's right. it's like. 
I don't know. It was goofier. Like when they show the three guys they beat up and they're like cartoonishly lumped. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like literally just like these like they might as well have birds circling their head. Like they're super cartoonishly lumped up. Yeah. Um, The the action in this is all about the chase sequence and the mines going off and whatnot. Yeah. It's not like a crazy John Woo violent episode. It's a weird like midnight run kind of episode. Yeah. 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 There's also like. I feel like they are trying to do a bit of humanizing of Spike because immediately, other than, like, yeah, he only jumps into that fight because of the egg. But right afterwards, he, like, he takes a real liking to VT. Right. And he's he's disappointed when she finds out that he's a mm-hmm. bounty hunter because he, like, genuinely likes her. And he's kind of not being a fucking mopey little bitch like he usually is. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it, it's kind of like making trying to, I think, make him a little more likable. Yeah, and then that to further that point. And the uh, next episode, I think, really also goes. Yeah, in that uh, the end. Well. They get away, and then at the end, he goes, "Hey, I figured out your name. It's Victoria Turpis Score. Uh, who Turpskay? It's like Turpskay or something. Tur- like Turpskay. That's what it is. Uh, uh, because th- there's a very brief moment in the beginning where there's these three like young punk looking guys and an older one who are supposed to be bounty hunters or something right. and the older guy mentions this like oh i knew uh vic uh terps or whatever who's her husband was this famous bounty hunter yeah and, which like, is weird people that- would tremble in fear at the mention of his name and then it's just that's very offhandedly done in the beginning but the second it's done it's like oh well her name is vt i think i figured out what her name oh. is like <laughs> yeah uh, the reason she's named VT, or VT is because the first woman to ever step into space was named Valentina Tereshkova, oh. Tereshkova uh, which is just some weird nerdy thing. Um, and yeah, so that's that basically ends with uh, he gets the, the he wins her game. She offers him all the money. He takes one dollar. He just takes his dollar back. He says, "This is for your husband." Up yeah, in yeah, heaven yeah, or whatever. yeah. Get him a prairie oyster up in heaven or whatever yeah. the fuck he says, uh, uh, which so. is kind of annoying, honestly. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's not even the horrible line. The horrible line is VT says it. She goes, "He's doing all his bounty hunting in heaven uh, yeah, now." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh, that's like that kind of plays into the camp though of the episode. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I do like this episode. I think the next episode I I like more, although it might be worse. Really, I fucking love the next one. You love this? Okay, I like it a lot. I like it more than the than VT's episode. The next episode, or no, I'm sorry, session. Is, get it right. I will eventually. Uh, session eight is Waltz for Venus. Uh, it opens with them. Catching some bad guys and collecting a bounty. Yeah. Holy shit, would you look at that? (laughs) I like how that's a misdirection, though, because you're like, oh, it's finally working, and then some other shit happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But it's eight episodes in, they're on this plane, and there's like these people stand up to try to hijack the plane, and uh, I do enjoy Spike. Prete- like pretending to be asleep yeah. while fighting them. He puts on those Homer Simpson court glasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he puts on like an eye mask and uh, there's these guys like, all right, everybody put your hands up and he just pretends to be asleep and they're like, well, you, no, you, which are, you know, put your hands up like everybody else and he like yawns and punches one of them in right, the face. Right, right. Uh, that gets explained really hard in this episode too. His like style of fighting. Well, you, the, that, you talk about that this he's a uh, modeled after Bruce Lee. They flat out like that. This is maybe the most obvious yeah. of that because he lit like so. Basically, the premise is there's another guy on the ship on the on the plane or whatever that's getting hijacked, 
uh, who's like trying to mail this thing. He's very, it's like very important, but he doesn't have a lot of money to do it. But this is when they land uh, on the planet or whatever. Yeah, we see him like trying to ship this package. Uh, he then sees Spike and Faye, and he sees Spike, and he's like, "Oh, I want Spike to teach me kung fu. That's my only thing." And he's gonna fucking like. He's like, you know what's weird to me is that apparently even the Japanese do like the yeah. noise about when they don't know kung fu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's like, hey, can you teach me those cool moves? You know, like, and I'm like, man, aren't you? You're just, that's like racist against yourselves. <laughs> well, uh, that also brings back a point, though, of like, is Roko Japanese or is he a white guy? I don't think he is. Yeah. I don't know who, that's what's weird. And it, that's purely racism, I think, on my <laughs> behalf watching it, that I assume since they're Japanese people making the show yeah. that everybody's just supposed to be Japanese. Yeah, it's really hard to tell. I, I'm, they, might not, they might not even be supposed to be anything at this right. point. Yeah, I mean, it's future, no. right? Who, yeah. What's anybody supposed to be? Right. They don't even live on Earth. A lot of these people weren't born on Earth, so right. what are they? Um, but he wants Spike to teach him, and Spike says to him, like, Spike eventually like, gives in, and he's going to show him a couple moves. Uh, and the guy's like punching real hard, and Spike's like, "No, you have to be fluid like water." That is a like a Bruce Lee quote. Oh, that's like line for line from like a, a yeah, yeah, yeah. Like be a, water, my friend. It's uh-huh. like a very famous Bruce Lee moment. Yeah. Uh, so like, this is very much the first like, I mean, not the first instance of like showing his Bruce Lee, but maybe the most obvious. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. So after the scene where he say teaches him to be like water. Um, what goes on right after that? So right after that, this I, I makes me laugh. Uh, Roko, who's the kid's name that yeah. he's teaching, sees these thugs, right? Okay. That, and takes off, and he hands the package that he's supposed to be shipping to Spike, and he says, "Meet me at whatever place at midnight with this thing." And he takes off running, and the bad guys chase him. At which point, Spike just goes back to the ship, which is a bit of a distance. Uh, and he like unwraps the package, and it turns out to be this special plant. They're on Venus in this episode. It's funny if you shot it to open it. Like, I everything. was half expecting him to <laughs> to try to shoot the, the the string off the top of the packing. Yeah. Uh, he uh, they're on Venus, and there's a weird thing that happened with the terraforming on Venus that uh, they use these plants to terraform it, and some people are allergic to the terraforming. Right, Venus, uh, and it can lead to. There's like an announcement on the plane initially, where like, you have to take your pills or whatever because if you don't, you can succumb to this thing that can like make cause birth defects and blah blah blah. Right. The so, plant is like it's called gray ash. It's a really rare like you can use it to cure venus sickness which makes right. you go and it's blind. a very rare plant. They say the thing's probably worth 10 million dollars or wulan. Uh and there's this whole scene right between him and Jet and you're like, "Well, do we turn this they find out that Roko has a bounty on him because he has stolen with this other gang of guys this right. plant and these other uh, several of these plants. They're debating, do we turn him in? Do we keep the plant and just go sell it? Because it's going to be more than the bounty we'll get on the bad guys. It's a fairly long scene. Yeah. Nothing's super decided. They're, like, figuring out what they're going to do with this plant. It cuts back to Roko, who's still running from these bad guys. Oh, that is it's weird. It's one of those weird editing <laughs> moments where, like, they didn't... It's like the other action paused and waited right. for this to finish up. Because if so, they've been running for, like, an hour. And a half. Like, they're still, like, literally being chased. Oh, I didn't think about that at all. That is a good point. Um, so, yeah. Okay, so Roko is being chased by his own 
gang because yes. they figure out that there's a bounty on Rocco because he's part of a gang. And Correct. He's being chased by them because he stole the plant from them. Yeah, they, they they all committed this heist to steal this plant, and Rocco stole the plant out from underneath. Them. Yeah, and uh, he's so the, the gang leader is this guy named Picaro Calvino. Who, yeah, and this is fucking weird. Uh, this is straight out of the director's mouth. Picaro Calvino is supposed to be based on the notorious B.I.G. But he doesn't really look like him at all. He doesn't talk like him at all. He's like an Italian mobster. Yeah, he's like a British he's accent. A, or he's something. a little bit fat, I guess. Yeah. Like uh, so that's weird. Do yeah, what yeah, you will yeah. With that. Um, so that, yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. Um, so then Faye goes off to try to find. Picaro. Yeah, Faye's way of finding Picaro is to go to a door, kick it open, <laughs> shove a gun in the face of whoever's in, on the other side of that door yeah, yeah, yeah. until the sh- that guy sends him to the next door, which he pre- she just proceeds to do. Yeah. At one point, she kicks open a. This is about someone with like the sort of homosexuality being like a just right. I think handled very well. She kicks open this door to because you know she's saying, "Oh no, I I don't know where he is, but these guys are part of his gang and they hang out or whatever." So they, she goes to that place. She kicks open a door and there's just two dudes in bed. Right, and it's not and like it's a gag not or it's not a gag and it's not handled like oh look at you guys or whatever. There's nothing said about it. Yeah, it's just it just is, and I like that. Yeah, like that that's the way cool. it should be. You know what I mean? Like that's just a way of making it sort of whatever. There's. Uh, I, I watched a little further. We'll get into it in the next com- episode. But sure. there's another thing that's handled oh, yeah. way more differently. Oh, uh, but so yeah, weird. so this time like it's, it's handled very... She doesn't mention it. It just is what it is, which right. I kind of enjoy. Um, yeah, so then Spike goes after to try to find Roko, and he ends up finding Roko's sister, who's fucking blind from Venus from Sickness. Venus Sickness. Suddenly you realize, oh, he stole the plant, not because he wants money, it's because he wants to give his sister her vision back. Right. Uh, which is super sad. It's super sad, and it proceeds to get super sadder. Yeah. Um, but there's also this thing, like, he goes to, so she's living out in the middle of fucking nowhere in some weird, like, broken down ship in the desert. Yeah. Uh, Spike goes out there to see her, and they have this conversation where she's like, oh, I know my, I know Roko, I know my brother does, like, hangs out with some bad guys and does some questionable stuff, but he's good at heart. Uh, I feel the same way about you. There's a there's a beauty in both you and my brother that a lot of people won't see. And then Spike literally, like, the most fucking ham-handed, like, I've got a checkered past thing, <laughs> where she she's like, there's a beauty in both of you that a lot of, and I don't think people see. He, like, turns away from her. She's blind. <laughs> you don't have to turn away. But he, like, yeah. turns toward camera, and he's like... I think all the beauty died in me a long time ago. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man. Spike. You get, yeah. Every so often, Spike gets a little too emo with that horse shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, too... Definitely one of those moments. Narrating his own fucking mystery novel, just talking to himself, you know. Uh, I know what you mean. Um, so he, she has this music box that Roko gave her. He op- Spike opens the music box. He can see... There's gray ash uh, seeds in it. Right. Which is, I guess, some sort of fail-safe if, like, the plant doesn't work or something, and they need to make more, they need to make more money or whatever, blah, blah, blah. He's giving these to her. She doesn't even know she has them. Um, this whole part of the story, by the way, is uh, from a an old film noir movie called On Dangerous Ground that's kind of about the same thing. 
um, in on dangerous ground. It's about this cop is hunting down this killer, uh, and then he meets the killer's sister. The killer's blind, and the killer is uh, like mentally disabled or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Roko's kind of mentally disabled. He, I mean, he's an idiot, but like that's as far as I'll go with it. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Uh, but that being said, you get fu- so like. Roko is gets captured by the bad guys uh, and kind of sets up Spike to come bring the plant, right? Because the, the bad, bad guys, guys want the plant. Right? When they when the, 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 when Biggie fucking roughs him up, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's notorious. A, <laughs> yeah. um, he, that's a, that's a, like a direct reference to a scene from Chinatown, sure, where the same thing happens. Um, so yeah, okay. I didn't, I didn't get that at all, but I get it now. But yeah. that's like, it's one of these things where like I just I know that reference, I just don't see it. Yeah, if it's it's weird if it's not like the scene and it's just somebody playing that scene, it fucking goes right over my head. Well, I mean, I didn't catch it so I got us all from going down an internet rabbit hole of like there's just nerds out there who Word. are like you know look the, I found these two yeah, frame yeah, for frame yeah, things yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And Chinatown is kind of like a similar sure you know, plot yeah 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 of course. Thing. Um, so yeah, then Spike shows up, uh, and they all get into the shootout, because uh, the guy realizes that Spike's a bounty hunter. Right. They're like, oh, he brought a bounty hunter with the, the plant, because Spike shows up with the plant, uh, and, but Rocco jumps on the guy, like, so there's a bunch of guys with guns, and Rocco jumps on one of them, he's like, run, run, they're gonna kill you. Yeah. And they, I think not realizing that Spike's not concerned until about, like, Spike <laughs> will kill all these fucking idiots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he jumps on that, like, jumps on a guy with a gun, Spike runs away, shoots a bunch of people. Uh, Faye shows up with in a ship and like starts laying artillery fire down at them, uh, and almost kills Spike and Roko. Oh, doesn't yeah. give a shit. Like just the fucking place they're in is just collapsing down on top of them because of her shooting at it. No one cares. Yeah, uh, she's the, she's horrible, but she's horrible because she's in a ton of debt and is like a survivalist kind of thing, which yeah, is yeah. interesting about. All of their sort of stories sure. is it like their morality kind of breaks down because they're just they're so desperate. Yeah, yeah, for, right. Uh, at which so she come, the bad guys run away. Rocco's like we did like Rock does a there's another guy come comes running at Rocco's like the last bad guy. Yeah, but he has a flashback to the one move that he saw right. Spike do, and he does the flip. Will, yeah. He's like I was like water, I yeah, did yeah, it. Yeah, I want to talk about this scene because this is the one. This is like one of my favorite parts of the whole fucking show. Is yeah. That, uh, he the, this whole fight is happening with bebop music playing. Sure, action. We're to understand that in bebop music time, everyone is a stormtrooper. It doesn't right, right, right. Fucking dies, right? And he pulls off the water move, and yeah. it's still going right up until the fucking bullet goes right through him, and he dies, and it cuts off real quick, and it shifts like I don't know. Personally, when I watched this, this gave me like Futurama tears. Almost. It fucked me up. I didn't full on cry, but I did write down that Rocco getting shot fucked me up. Yeah, because like it's a moment of because that character's a little annoying, but in that sort of little brother way that yeah, like you yeah. like you love him, but he's annoying. He has his moment of success. He one was willing to sacrifice himself to save Spike. He jumped on that dude with a gun. Uh, then he stands his ground. He does the thing Spike showed him. It's successful. He's like, I did it. And within like twenty, like two seconds, a fucking bullet rips through his chest. Yeah. Uh, and he drops to the ground. And like, there's just this sad fucking like that. Like Spike's like, Don't, oh, stop talking. Hold on. You're gonna make it. And the guy like dies in Spike's arms. He has a line that I can't remember. That's like fucking. He's like, Master, did you see me? I was like water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's rough. Like this episode starts out real goofy and then ends crazy sad. 
Oh yeah, yeah. That's why. That's I think that's why I like this episode so much is because it does like the thing uh, that's kind of like I, I really like shows that kind of clash like a comedy with like really depressing shit, like yeah. uh, BoJack Horseman and that sort of shit, and uh. they. They fucking rope a dope you so bad with this episode where you think it's going to be one thing and then it just comes smashing back down into reality. And, right. You know, you like, oh, a person died and it's like really sad and not just a weird. And then here's where I get really fucking mad. So he dies and it's really sad. Uh, Spike has these ash seeds that were in the thing, which that means like he can grow more plants. Those seeds are worth a crazy. Like the seeds are very rare, which is why the plants are so rare. Yeah. Uh, he goes to see the sister, and it turns out that he used like a bunch of the seeds for money to to pay for the sister to get the surgery so the sister can right, see. Right, right, right. Now, when we first met the sister, the sister says like she's been blind since birth. She doesn't really mind being blind anymore. She's right. like, I feel like I know, I feel things more than I see things. There's this whole thing. So she, so then Spike shows up. She's just had the surgery, so you can see. Um, or she's about to have the surgery. She hasn't had the surgery yet. She still can't see, but she, like, it's paid for. Yeah. And she wants the first thing she sees to be her brother, Rocco. And Spike, like, doesn't, she's like, so tell us for Rocco to get here right away. And, like, Spike doesn't say anything. And she's like, is he in jail? Is that why he didn't come see me? And Spike eventually tells him, like, I don't remember if she, he, he says it or she just figures it out. He says nothing and then she and touches then she gets, his like, face. He figures out that he's dead, that the brother's dead. Yeah. And immediately she's like, well, if he's dead, he must have been doing something wrong. You Bitch, <laughs> you you can't give him a like. He, for starters, he died trying to save yeah, your yeah, fucking yeah, eyes yeah. that you didn't even really give a fuck about in the first place. Yeah, and then secondly, I think you sh- can't have a mo- like. There should be a thing where like if she if she really didn't ca- like if the way they play it is that it's genuine when she says she's kind of like not concerned about being blind anymore. She's yeah. been that way since life. It's played real. Not it's not played like she's saying that to make herself feel better. So if that is real, wouldn't she rather have a live brother than working eyes? Uh, well, yeah, she probably... I read that line somewhere. Somebody said that on the internet. And I was like, yeah, that stands out fucking very much to me. Yeah. And she's just a bitch. And then Spike's like, yeah, you know, he was a good guy. Like, your brother was exactly who you thought he was. Which is a shitty way to say... Like, he means to say, like, your brother was a good guy. Right. Right. But what he says was, your brother is exactly who you thought he was. And you know, re- referencing the previous conversation where she's like, he, I know he hangs with some rough guys, but there's something beautiful in yeah. it. But really, it's, when it's said in this context, it references the most re- recent thing, which is I'm sure he fucked up somehow. Okay. <laughs> I, thought, I took that way different. I thought that was her kind of using that as a self-defense mechanism yeah. instead of facing the reality of like just going, oh my god, my brother's dead. She's right. like... It kind of cuts it by going, oh, yeah, he probably did something wrong. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was endearing. It, I, don't know. It, I didn't find it endearing at all. It pissed me the fuck off. I was real <laughs> mad. I was like, this dude sacrificed. I was so I was still so broken up about Roko's death that when she reacted that way, I was like, bitch. I, I really got mad. <laughs> and maybe I read it wrong, but I, I definitely got mad. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I read it way differently. But actually, I was reading about this on the internet, and I heard the kind of the same thing. I also heard some arguments that were like, why didn't they just sell the seeds? Just all this. There's a lot. If you think about it too hard, it's not going to make any sense. uh, Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. If you think about it too hard, it's not going to make any sense. But I I genuinely did like this episode. Everything worked for me. I liked Rocco. I liked the sister. The, the, The sort of, like, and this is another episode of, like, Spike becoming more endearing, more humanized. Yeah. Because he's very much affected by fucking Rocco's death. 
he kind of takes his annoying little brother under his wing a little bit. Right. There's, he's definitely more human. Like, this isn't a moment of, like, oh, this guy died, fuck it, and moving on. He, like, he kind of takes that to heart. As evidenced by him going to see the sister. If he didn't give a fuck, he'd have just left, right? Sure. Yeah, I don't know. I found that really. Uh, I, I really like it when they make him human, and then yeah. It's, it's, but it's good because he frequently goes back into being inhuman. And then sure, but you need both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if without the human side, the, uh, the like the sort of inhuman badass is less interesting because right. then who get? He's, he's just nothing. He's just a soulless thing that kills people. I'm you just need both watching sides to... a dream. I can't wake up from. Oh boy, <laughs> what line? What episode is that from? That was from Bob, the one where he gets thrown out of the window oh right 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 <laughs> uh well that brings us to session nine all right which is a great movie i don't know if you've ever seen session nine but it's pretty no, fucking awesome ghost I movie. Have not uh you should watch it really good really good ghost movie um cool. it's jamming with edward uh not to spoil i mean we're spoiling everything but we'll jump to the end Edward's going to join the crew. Apparently, this is how they get the crew, which I kind of like. It was like they, they've slowly been adding crew members. Yeah, it's nine, nine episodes in. Then fucking uh, Faye, obviously. And yeah. now at the end of this episode, we've realized that you know Ed's going to join the gang as well. Yeah, and if you pay attention in the intro, Ed, Ed is in the intro for every episode. It's just you don't really catch it. Right, right. Yeah, I never noticed. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, nine episodes in, we're finally getting the whole team together which is really interesting you know for sure it's not now like- this this episode opens with a bunch of satellites creating the nazca lines essentially yeah yeah uh if you don't know the Nazca lines are these things in like Mexico or South America, Peru, Peru, and they're like you know visible from like they're only visible from extreme height, and yeah. they're drawings in the ground of like there's like a dude, there's a bird, there's animals, it's whatever, and they're yeah. huge. They cover large, like you know a mile of I maybe it's not a mile, I don't know, but they cover a large geographical area. And you can only see them from extreme height. Yeah, and there's all these idiots that think like oh aliens made them or whatever. <laughs> right, they're right. Fucking, they're just do like yeah. all that shit. Whenever like what, what makes me laugh is they always figure out how that shit can be done and then people still won't it's like uh like crop circles right one guy like they showed and like two guys with a board and a piece of rope can make the most intricate crop circles on the planet right did it on tv watch them do it and everyone's still like nah still aliens like yeah. you can literally just be like i did it i'm yeah. the one guy I'm yeah 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 like, listen to you yeah you exactly <laughs> uh so this 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 satellite makes the Nazca lines, and there's this moment of uh, like the world. Like you're showing all this news footage of like how did this happen? Uh, I very much enjoy that the the expert they go to's name is Yuri Kellerman. Uh, it was like yeah. clearly Yuri Geller. It's Yuri Geller, the hack psychic, and yeah, then he's yeah, played yeah. by as like a Peter Lore kind of weirdly like oh like, like <laughs> kind of mincing. Yeah, 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 yeah for yeah. sure. I really like uh, yeah I like Earth TV a lot. My one of my favorite parts of this episode is that it's finally kind of revealed that uh earth is just a dump like every like whenever they have to go to earth in this show they're like yeah fucking earth again yeah 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 for sure Be- and the story of earth here is that uh when that fucking uh when the moon blew up creating that weird devil kid uh all the the moon pieces came crashing down to Earth, and right. the fucking Earth is just littered with, like, asteroid damage. Yeah, yeah. So, everyone... And also, there's, like, a weird asteroid belt around Earth now yeah. of these stones, and there's, like, these storms that randomly happen. Right, yeah, it just rains rocks. Yeah. Um, so everyone on Earth had to move underground, and then in order to, like, have this underground society, they had to show, like, satellites up into space. Right, so they could communicate without being above ground. They yeah. They have computers do everything. And then that created, like, this uh, culture of, like, hackers, 
There's just like a ton of famous hackers. There's a there's all right. Let's talk about the hacking for a minute in this episode. <laughs> uh, one, it is apparently physically impossible to make a graphical representation of cyberspace that isn't fucking dumb. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when they're look like, so we meet eventually. There's a, there's a character in this guy named Radical Ed. He's she's a she. It turns out is a famous. I think that's a girl, right? That's yeah. a girl. Yeah. Uh, a famous she's a girl with no nose for some reason. Uh, I'm not sure why she's drawn without a nose. It's fucking weird. Japanese shit. Um, she is a famous hacker, but she's like autistic or something she's, uh, yeah. she's fucking like yeah she's like what she's like super weird she's kind of just been living on her own she's a little she's a child right she's got to be like 15 or something well, maybe. She, yeah she's a child but she's such a genius hacker that like i think she just survives on her own yeah like, she doesn't have parents she doesn't have a family she literally just lives in a dump like that robot from <laughs> wally yeah and she's fucking hacking shit yeah uh but she so she like lives on her own and she hacks this satellite but she at one point is like helping bebop figure out that it's not people fit. They're trying to figure out what who hacked the satellites to make these Nazca lines, right? Uh, and it turns out it's nobody. The satellite is a, a self has the satellite was a supercomputer shot in the space that's uh, over the years of not being contacted has become self aware, right? And she figures that out before anyone by right. just talking to the satellite. And the satellites become self aware, yeah, and the satellite's saying the most emo shit. All, it's like <laughs> always alone, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no one. Else. It's just it's, it's just randomly saying sad shit, and it turns out <laughs> the whole point of this episode is that it used to look down on Earth and see these Nazca lines, and they were his friends because it was the only thing there, right. uh, and eventually the, the line got destroyed over the years of the stones and whatever so he just wanted his friends back yeah, and he yeah. just made the lines again <laughs> it's a sad uh, as computer close as they could. it's a sad emo computer <laughs> sad robot sad robot it's like from uh, uh yeah jj abrams or whatever uh, oh, was that bad robot no uh fucking johnny five is alive short circuit nah it's a book like uh, names escaping me famous book uh, um fuck books <laughs> fuck books uh at one, I didn't know this. At one point, uh, so Faye... Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. There's a set. Oh, robot. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So, uh, they're, so they're trying to figure out initially who the hacker is before Ed catches up with them and tells them what the deal is. Yeah. And uh, she's, Faye is going off about how hackers are terrible nerds and fat losers and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and at one point she says, this one's probably some smelly otaku with, or some dirty otaku with smelly feet. Or demented otaku with smelly feet. And I googled what an otaku is. Otaku is a Japanese term for people with obsessive interests, commonly the anime and manga fandom. (laughs) So that's like a moment of the show shitting on its audience. That's very funny. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so they're going around looking for Ed, and they're going through this weird, like, uh, Carmen Sandiego sort of... It's super Carmen Sandiego! (laughs) They just keep going to these places and asking for, like, clues. It's, like, framed like it, too. Like the computer game, where it's just a weird hilarious. I didn't even notice that you said it, but it is like just a still shot of some weird character who gives them the, like a bit of information yeah, about yeah. Uh, about Radical Ed, and they're all wrong. Yeah, they're like I heard he was an alien. I heard he was a tall basketball player. Right. I heard he was whatever. But the people are like, there's one that's like a weird hippie. And there's like an old lady with a cat. There's a weird Indian guy with a turban. Right. It's very Carmen San Diego. That you say that. It's also like everyone. Earth is just full of freaks. <laughs> yeah. It's like I think the idea is that like Earth is full of people who can't afford to leave Earth. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Yeah. There's a lot of people like 
begging or selling weird shit on the street. Yeah, it's this like kid a kid comes up to Jet because Jet's the one going around and trying to get this information. Right, and uh, he's like, "Don't you want to buy a whatever?" And it's like this little weird bird. It's not a bird, but it's like a toy. Oh, or it's, something. it's like a peep, I think. Yeah, it's like kind of like a, I guess. And he's like, it's a, it's a very famous on our planet. And then they're like, try to figure out what to do with it. And one of them's like, well, I'll just I'll eat it. I guess they don't know what it is, but Jess like, I'll just eat it. That's fine. We'll see, see if that works. Yeah. Well, uh, Spike eats cigarettes and shit, so that kind of yeah, true. Also, I, I forgot to point this out in one another. There's a thing you'll notice throughout the show where he constantly smokes in front of no smoking signs. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't notice that, but that makes sense. Spike's got just got to show what a badass he is all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, at one point, we see Ed playing with a literal drone. Yeah. This is from the 90s, but they just... Yeah, yeah. It's I, like shaped like a fucking drone. It looks like a Predator drone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then she also then, when the police show up, is able to hack their ship and use that remote control from the drone to fly the police ship around. Right, right. Which is recalled back at the end of the episode where Faye has promised her that if she helps them... Track because what they're going to do is fly to the satellite, capture the the artificial intelligence that is the CPU that uh, that Ed has renamed NPU because it's neater or some shit like that. I have no idea. Um, capture that on a disc, turn the disc into the police because since the CPU is the culprit, they can use that to collect the bounty. Right. Uh, there's a pretty cool s- sequence like they have to get to the to the satellite, but there's all these like spy weapon satellites up there that are shooting lasers at them to stop them from getting the satellites so they have right. to like do all this weird, it's, it's like they can't, they can't well use, shot yeah and they can't use like their engines or their computers they can't use any of the computers everything has to be done manually because yeah. the satellites will detect the computers and shoot them out of the sky I think they can't use their engines either because he's using these weird like she's shooting gas out of the back of his, yeah, yeah, yeah. his ship to like kind of scooch forward and shit and uh yeah so they try to get to the satellite um and then you know he tries to shoot it from like a distance, and it gets blocked by one of those spy satellites, right. setting off the whole fucking you know huge like laser of, battle. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they have to like fly around and uh, kill all these these crazy satellites. It's a very well done action sequence. Yeah. Um, but they get they end up catching the, the fucking getting the CPU onto the disc, but the police then, of course, because. The rule states that you can never actually achieve a bounty. <laughs> uh, the the police say that bounties only apply to human or living things and not right. computer programs, and we're not giving you shit. And then they discover, the police discover, that it wasn't actually like a modern spy satellite. It's an old weather satellite from like before. Like It's from like our time. Right, it's right, like a right. weather satellite that... Uh, somehow became self-aware that was actually a spy satellite from, like, the Cold War or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's got all this old technology, and they're like... I remember there's a, there's a shot of a cop holding a floppy disk and just looking at it like, what the fuck <laughs> is this? <laughs> well, there's, there's also this... And tell me, I, maybe I'm not understanding what's supposed to be happening, but Ed convinces the CPU to let them download it, saying that we'll make a copy of you, give the copy to the police, and then we'll keep you on... The sh- um, bebop on the ship, and you can be friends, and we'll be your friends, and we'll hang out. Yeah. At which point, she downloads the thing, and there's this weird flash into fucking Ed's face, and Ed falls over backwards on the ground with like her arms and legs sticking up in the air, uh, and then they turn the disc into whatever. Oh, yeah. Are know. we supposed to think that that was downloaded into Ed? Or was Ed just kind of a lying piece of shit who oh. lied to her, and they just turned the fucking CP- NPU, supposed to be your friend, into the fucking police to sit in cyber jail or whatever. I don't know. Dude. I don't know. I never thought I don't about know. that. 
Uh, I don't. I mean, I think Ed is Ed, so I don't think it's like she gets taken over by the thing. Right. Uh, I don't think she gets taken over. I think she's just added. To, it's hard. I can't. I don't know. I don't know. It seems yeah. very ambiguous. Cause Weird. Like, yeah. Maybe it jumps. I'm watching or... more episodes, and the, the NPU is not a thing. It's not on the ship. Oh, it never. No, gets it's never referenced, referenced again. again. So like, and Ed is also an unexplainable character. Like Ed is real fucking weird, and we'll get into that in the next episode. Uh, I mean, I'm not wrapping up. If you have other stuff to say, for sure. But the next, the follow up to this episode, Ed's fucking weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, I no, I think I'm pretty good with this episode. Um, yeah, I like. I mean, I like this episode. I like Ed as a character. Uh, there's so Faye promises Ed that if she get helps them, they can oh, right. they can bring her. Still, she'll become one of the gang. And Faye is a, of course lying. A lie because Faye just lies all the time. She's kind of a bitch. Yeah. The more I watch the show, the less I like Faye. <laughs> and she might be redeemed at some point, but she's fucking starting to get annoying. Yeah. Uh, so. Ed uh, hacks the Bebop with her remote control and flies Bebop around, and so they fucking uh, clearly until they agree to bring her up because, as we'll see in the next episode, which we'll get to in the next podcast episode, Ed's just on the ship. Yeah, well, yeah, they uh, she pulls the ship down, and then they're like, she kind of is just like, you can't, like, I won't let you leave. Right, which is really interesting. Yeah, she's, she's like, kind of part like autistic kid, part. That evil Twilight Zone kid who had all the pa- you know what I mean? That episode yeah. of the Twilight Zone where like the kids in charge. Yeah, the thing I like about her is that she's never really worried about anything because she's just so fucking powerful from just having this mastery of computers and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like she's just kind of uh, doing cartwheels around the world and shit and just like whatever. Yeah, she's you know? just, yeah, very much so. She's not as hungry as the other ones, you know. She'll just yeah, because she's just randomly eating. Sh- uh, well, yeah, we'll save just- it for the next episode. Uh, yeah, uh, at Feral Jokes. Uh, yeah, at Feral Jokes on everything online Twitter and Instagram and stuff also uh, get my album Humors it's on Standard Records it's on uh, iTunes and Spotify and everything I forgot to plug this uh, check out my column I write for the New York Observer I write a, a column where I uh, I make fun of TV shows from the perspective of like an idiot uh, <laughs> pretty fun they are pretty great you should definitely watch you should definitely give them a read uh, I am at Chris Cubis on Twitter you can find ChrisCubis.com all that shit if you like us find us on iTunes rate us give us a review it helps uh, and listen to us on Stitcher we're on Stitcher now so if you like us find us on Stitcher use that app and it's awesome uh, watch the next three episodes and we'll see you next week I'm not a 